For those coming in new, uh, my name is Dan Lust, and alongside Dan Wallach, we host the Conduct Detrimental Sports Law Podcast. For those that are, are new, we cover anything and everything at the intersection of sports and law. Sometimes it's sports business, sometimes it's sports law. So for today, we are joined by two very special guests, Darren Ravel of Sports Biz, Trailblazer, yes, if that counts, and Darren Heitner, his counterpart in sports law, who's helped plays a trail over there. He was behind me. He was behind him. Okay. <laughs> well, that, 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 is up that is why we are here. Born later too, Dan. So, uh, you know, he's born later. We, we fall in the, the family tree. We're beneath you guys somehow. Dan Wallach, do you want to say anything before we give it over to our guest? Welcome, everybody. This is going to be a, a fun conversation. This is long in the making. Uh, we finally made it happen. So thank you, Darren and Darren, for agreeing to do this. This is de- I definitely I'm excited about this debate. So uh, go right ahead. OK, so I'm going to give you guys the floor. Just uh, we, we've everyone's agreed on the ground rules. This is a formal debate. We have five questions. The panelists or let's say the competitors have not been given the questions in advance. They generally know what we're going to ask them about, but they do not know the questions, the order of the questions. We agreed offline that Darren Ravel was going to go first on question one. There will be a two-minute opening for whoever goes first. Then whoever goes next is going to speak for two minutes. There'll be one-minute rebuttals on each side, and then we'll go to the next topic. Each round will be scored by a three-judge panel made up of contributors of Conduct Detrimental. That's our website and our podcast. And we will score and announce a winner. We will release all the scores at the end, but we will announce a winner. There will be a winner between the Darrens. Expect this to go just under an hour. So sit tight and we should have some fun. So Darren Ravel, I don't know. Do you have any, do you have any like opening remarks about how you're going to squash Darren Heider? I mean, you know, this is a smack talk floor. Well, you might, you might notice my scowl. Uh, I'm trying not to smile early on because, uh, well, this is uh, a somewhat friendly debate. I, I feel like it's important that I'm in New Jersey and he's in Florida. If we were in the same room, I would worry about what would happen. Darren Heidner, any final words before we, we start this shindig? Worry for him if we were in the same room, that's for sure. That's all. Okay. <laughs> you want to kick us off with question number one, and that will go to Darren Ravel as has been determined. Oh, last thing. Now, I'm going to give you guys a 30-second warning when your time is going to run. And then, you know, if you need extra time, it's fine, but we're going to try to stay pretty tight. Okay, first question. In lieu of an opening statement, like at a trial, let's start with a sort of a broad open-ended question. We're six months into the, you know, sort of the NIL era. So first question to you, Darren Ravel, is it working? Does it benefit collegiate sports? The question is, what is it? Because it is not what it was originally intended to be. When I started covering what I think would be name, image, and likeness in 2003, which was athletes trying to get money for their names on the back of jerseys, that's what it was about. It was about your name, your image, and your likeness and publicity rights, for lack of a better phrase. But what this has turned into is something different. It is name, image, and likeness, but it is really masquerading of that name, image, and likeness for what has turned into a completely free market. It is turned into uh, a joke because it is not what we say it is. Now, I have no problem with athletes making money on a free market. If you want to have it a free market, then it should be a free market. Uh, but as far as is it successful, I guess athletes are getting paid. But what they're getting paid for is very unclear. You have JT Daniels, who was the quarterback at Georgia for a couple games. And you have Sam Howell, who was the quarterback at North Carolina for a six and seven North Carolina team, who got a card deal uh, that was uh, a new card company that had not previously produced cards and was said to have made six to seven figures. This has become about the agents who are doing these deals, who can now all of a sudden come in their inbox and recruit them for when they're pro. It it has become about boosters who are trying to make their team the best team. And even if they don't have a product to give to someone, Uh, They just, it's kind of just made up and it doesn't matter at all. So is it successful? Yes, athletes have been paid, but they're not being paid for what we said we were going to pay them for. Your time is up. Your response? Two minutes. Well, first of all, everybody, thank you for coming here on this evening uh, to this lovely debate. And I just want to start off by saying it's very clear what the inherent problem here is, which is that you ask a, a legal question to a theater major. 
here's an individual who has started covering NIL back in 2003 for his opening statement. Yet NIL was not something that he magically created or started covering for the first time back then. NIL, name, image, and likeness, is derived from an individual's rights of publicity, which is a concept that came into creation over half a century ago and that was derived from an individual's right of privacy. What we have starting 50, 60 years ago are states across the country providing these specific rights to individuals. Every single individual in every single state, yet you had the NCAA come in and say, no, we're going to restrict a specific class of individuals from enjoying these same rights. So to your question, is it working? Does it benefit college sports? Absolutely. All that we were trying to do in the state of Florida, in California, Alabama, Georgia, I can go on and on, prior to July 1, 2021, was put college athletes on the same playing field as literally everyone else within their same states, and especially within their same universities and colleges. Individuals who are music majors, artists, influencers in today's day and age, they all have this right to make money. And it's not just name, image, and likeness. 30 seconds. That's an easy sidestep from all this. It's about doing camps and clinics, endorsements, trading card deals, autographs, NFTs. So you're right. It's a, about a lot more than simply name, image, and likeness. And it's not masquerading. It's not masquerading for a free market. It's giving every individual the same right to, to negotiate a deal as people who are not college athletes. Okay, that's time. Darren Ravel, one minute rebuttal. I, I would just say, you know, where where I am concerned is not only the athletes getting paid, but what are they actually getting paid for? And I think that has to count here. Again, JT Daniels getting paid for uh, the cards. Like we have to debate, is that a real deal? Is that not a real deal? And I know that you, Darren, say, well, if it's a real company and if it's real money, it's a real deal. But like, and I'm sure we'll get into the whole idea of uh, life wallet and a, a new product that has no revenue. And you say, well, it's a real deal because, you know, hey, it's, it's a real company and it's real money, but there's no one to analyze these deals. And I think it does matter as long as it's name, image, and likeness that these deals are real. The NCAA is not going to do that because we know of the Alston case and they're worried about restrictions and how it looks legally. But uh, if this is a free-for-all, which it certainly has become, and it's going to get worse and worse, let's just call it a free market. This is not a image like this. I have a minute now, correct? Correct. Who decides what is a real deal? Why are we now saying college athletes, this sect of individuals, have to actually go to some third party who determines whether or not it's a real deal, when literally every other individual in the United States does not have to do that when he or she transacts with a third-party entity? You know, you, you talk about not knowing whether what these athletes are being paid for. I'll give you a list of companies that the Cavender Twins have done deals with. The WWE, Sleeper Fantasy, SoFi, Built Bar, Bulletproof, Student Beans, PSD, Six Star Pro Nutrition, Boost Mobile. I can go on and on. Are those real companies? So let's, let's be honest with ourselves. And you talk about LifeWallet. It's a startup company. There's actually money being paid to these individuals, and they have to provide deliverables in exchange for that. I've seen the contracts. There's quid pro quo. If you have beef, your beef would actually, should actually be with the NCAA, which on June 30th, 2021, decided to come out with very basic restrictions. One of them is there must simply be quid pro quo. And there is in the life wallet deal. So you can be upset about it, but it is what it is. Question number two. So that, that question is in the books. We are scoring that with the judges. We will announce that uh, at the end. Question number two is a topic that you guys both hit on on your answers. So you have the issue of life wallet. You have the issue of quid pro quo. You have the issue of what the NCAA is doing. So this topic and this panel is not designed to say what is legal and what is illegal, because I think we can all agree that we're operating in areas of gray. This topic is designed to say, right, if Darren Ravel or Darren Heidner is deemed the commissioner of college sports tomorrow, what should be put in place in terms from a procedural safeguard level? Should that be the role of the NCA? Should that be a role of a third party administrator? What safeguards would you put in place today to fix the world of NIL and get us out of shades and gray and put us into the black and white? 
Darren Heitner, your first two minutes on the clock. Well, what's so interesting about Darren Ravel's commentary over the past few months and what we've heard from him thus far today is he tries to distinguish from a world where he thinks there should be NIL with this overseer making determinations as to what is right and what is wrong, which, by the way, is highly subjective and, and will ultimately be completely inequitable, and what a free market is. He seems to not realize that we live in the United States of America, which is a free market, and there we try to prevent overbearing restrictions. And there's no specific situation where, as I mentioned earlier, if you're not an athlete and you want to engage in these types of activities, that somebody is overseeing this and telling that individual or telling that brand that they cannot engage in such a transaction. So from my perspective, the least amount of restrictions, the better. So what I would do if I was in charge is I would actually look at the four bullet points that the NCA currently provides as to what those prohibitions are. At this point in time, the states that have passed the legislation on NIL, I would advise those states, get rid of them altogether. Because when they passed that legislation, there was no Austin BNCA. The NCA was thinking about actually having a third party administrator. Those states did the job to get the NCA to make the change. Now that the NCA has, I would keep the quid pro quo. I do think that there needs to be something that the athletes are providing in exchange for the money that they're receiving. However, I would... I would also get rid of the of the prohibition on athletes getting paid in exchange for performance outside of college sports. That's acceptable. If you look at NFL players, MLB players, NBA, et cetera, in their endorsement contracts, they can get bonuses and escalators based on their on-court, on-field performance. And I don't see why there should be that restriction in place. Finally, I think we need to do something about high school athletes. We should not be restricting them from these uh, from enjoying these rights as well. I think that's something that the states uh, misstepped on. They should have included high school athletes as well. Your time is up, Mr. Ravel. You have two minutes. First of all, I think it's it's comical that Darren Heitner used the Cavender twins who are not part of uh, this market in terms of what's going on because they're not being recruited by other whack women's basketball programs. This a, 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 a lot of this is uh, fraudulent in terms of the NC. First of all, the NCAA and what they did is completely ridiculous and unacceptable because of the Alston case. January 30th, the boosters couldn't talk to anyone. And all of a sudden now they can DM offer deals. And God forbid the schools should not be in charge of this. The schools can. Yes, they have to look at the contract, but God forbid they should not do not talk to anyone at the schools. Uh you know, I, I just think what's going on here uh, is cl clear. And Darren Heitner, because he's making money off it, is so obtuse about it. Uh, what is happening is, this is what is happening. Booster organizations are organizing and they are trying to come up with the biggest pot of money and they don't care what the product is. And they're assigning based on performance and based on trying to keep the person there. They are assigning what values are and that and and that's really exactly what's happening now the ncaa didn't do anything or there's no rules within these states that uh you know you 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 there, there's a rule that you can't induce someone to come through one of these deals 30 seconds. but not about staying and what's happening now is why did so many guys enter the transfer portal because they're all talking about getting nil deals which is just a disguise for a whole pot of money. This is going to be a disaster and it has to be under control. And this is not about what Darren Heitner says it is. It is totally not about any deals. It's about getting paid for your play and your name and for you doing best by a school. Your time is up, Darren Heitner, one minute on the clock. First of all, my judgment is not at all clouded by the minuscule amount of money that I make. <laughs> Believe me on that. Um, and, and, and look, I mean, for, for you to talk about transfer window money, let's also realize that for decades, we have had coaches flip-flopping because there's more money somewhere else. You don't have a problem about that? You don't have a problem with coaches having players commit to them? Commit. Before this past year, those players could not freely transfer. So there was no issue. I didn't see you tweeting up a storm about that or writing articles on Action Network about all these coaches just 
saying goodbye to their players so easily for more money. Yet we have a problem with players <laughs> deciding there may be more opportunities at a different school from the school that they originally committed to. I think it's ridiculous. Um, you mentioned there's no rule about staying. Of course, there's not a rule about an inducement to stay at a school because in your you magical world, you could briefly conclude, Mr. Heitner. In your magical world, you would be the arbiter to decide what's right and wrong, and that just cannot exist. Someone has to be uh, the arbiter here. I would say I have no problem with athletes earning the money that coaches. I have no problem that make. I have no problem with a free market. You got to call it a free market then. Let's let's start paying people just outwardly and don't tie it to this name, image and likeness, because what's happening is you have all these booster organizations organizing and the whole system, the whole system is a fraud in terms of are you really delivering? And yes, that does matter. OK, so uh, have John Ruiz. Uh, do cigarette racing boats and whatever he owns and do five or six or $10 million, whatever he owns. Now, if he wants to give that money, fine, but he should give that money as a $10 million booster booster donation to pay those athletes overtly for being at Miami, not to masquerade it at any sort of deal. I know that none of these guys at Miami have any hope that any of these deals will actually mean anything to John Ruiz's business. And John Ruiz, the booster, probably doesn't have any uh, opinion. He doesn't think that his business is going to get anything. And it doesn't matter. He loves Miami. And guess what? He should be be able to pay him. But it's got to be under free market. Call it as it is perfect segue to the next topic darren and darren we're six months into the nil era that's a frequent theme here but we are now seeing its next evolution team-wide nil deals you know the university of miami with american top team uh florida state i think it was michigan state where they're team-wide entrepreneurs businessmen who have some ties to the university fans boosters are paying every member of the team from a special teams player all the way up through and including the star players without any differentiation from player to player. So Darren, Ravel, I'm going to pose this to you. Does this skirt the edges of the NIL, you know, spirit of the NIL law? And does this constitute pay for play masquerading as NIL? Listen, I'm more uh, uh, of the opinion that the whole team deal uh, does not stink as much versus the pancake factory at Texas, where a bunch of boosters have gotten together and say, oh, we're going to pay anyone who's an offensive lineman at Texas and gets a scholarship $50,000. And then the man who is organizing the pancake factory, which by the way, they announce it and they have no idea what the guys are going to do. Oh, maybe they'll do something for charity. Yeah. By the way, does that look good? To, to get paid for charity, $50,000 for an offensive lineman. And the guy who started it readily admits that an offensive lineman in any NIL deal has never made more than $1,000 on a deal. Well, see that square with, how do you square it with competitive balance? I mean, University of Miami, you know, will have half a million dollars. Booster, it's com- it's, we're, we're back to what it always is. It's competitor booster balance. And it's going to be who has the biggest checkbook. Uh, and, and that's what it's going to be. And it, and, and it will not matter what these guys are doing, uh, what their deals are. Uh, it just, it will be just the organization of the largest booster giving the most money. I I think the team deals are interesting, but I, I think the, the more interesting ones, which just shows the true fraud of NIL, uh, really masquerading NIL as a real free market. Uh, that's where the fraud is shown when you look at these 30 seconds that 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 just make absolutely no sense. Darren Ravel, last thing quickly, should it be reined in or as you suggest, just call it what it is and just the label is fraudulent. Would you want to see it reined in or just proper? Truth it's, either reined, it's either reined in as NIL or let's call it a free market and everyone fight and then we'll deal with the the tax complications of whatever are these people students are they employees we got to get there but i'm just i am fine with these guys making money i've always been a proponent of jerseys which by the way has not even been a talk of this your time i am am not okay let me just finish i am not okay with it being called nil and it definitely being free market and it's going to get worse 
and worse and worse and farther away from what we intended. Time's up, old man. Darren Heitner, in fairness to you, there's a lot to cover there. We're going to go a little bit beyond the time limit because we gave Darren Ravel a little bit more time. So the floor is yours. for 37 seconds. What's that? Wallach talked for 37 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) All right, look. So so I do want to address the whole Texas pancake factory, but I think more importantly was a comment that Darren Ravel made while he was going on and on, which is... He said the largest organizations with the biggest boosters making the most money will have the most success. Has he not watched college sports over the past century? This is exactly what has existed. Except instead of of the money going to the players, it was going to the schools, going to the athletic departments, going to the coaches, and it's still going to the coaches. Imagine that. We have a system where boosters are still giving money to the institutions, to the athletic departments, and also to the players. And Darren Rovell is up in arms. He cannot stand it. God forbid the players make some money in all this. Now, to the pancake factory. I have no issue about the amount of money. I don't know specifically what the deliverables are in exchange. Assuming that there is quid pro quo, I don't care that the offensive linemen are being offered $50,000 per person. God bless them. The only issue that I potentially have here is if we truly want to avoid the potential for real inducements, not what Rovell's concerned about, which is causing a player to stay at a school, while at the same time, he's also arguing it's terrible that players are transferring, try to reconcile that. But if we're really concerned about inducements, then conditioning the $50,000 to a player who is enrolled in August of 2022 and hasn't yet actually committed to a university yet is concerning. So on that level, Rovell and I will actually agree. Wow. Um, <laughs> it only took 25 minutes. Team-wide deals to the first question are not at all concerning to me. They're not just less concerning like they are to Rovell. They're beautiful. Because going into NIL, a lot of people were concerned there would be arguments within the locker room. By the way, in seven months, we haven't heard one. Not one. But team-wide deals, first of all, All the players aren't guaranteed to take it. It's an opt-in situation. A booster, an organization will say, we'll offer it to every every player on the team, but they still have to opt-in. They don't have to actually do the deal. And then again, it creates camaraderie so that it's not only the quarterback who's making the money, it's also the offensive lineman, it's also the defensive lineman, it's also the defensive back. I think it's, it's a net positive. We're hearing uh, comments on social media. Darren uh, Ravel, you're giving an extra rebuttal on this question if you want it. I think it's important. I am a steward of the game. I, can't, I love college football. It is my favorite sport. Yes, these uh, biases and uh, the, the boosters who have the most money and the schools that have the most money have won. Uh, and I want payer, players to be paid. But this is about... Jersey sales, true endorsements, these kinds of things. And the pancake factory is completely ridiculous and is an inducement to come to the school. If you know, all I have to do is get a scholarship as an offensive lineman at Texas and I make my $50,000, that is totally an inducement. And if you look at the transfer portal, The amount of people that enter the transfer portal, I know this is relatively new in the scheme of college football and how it works, is the amount of people that entered it is a ridiculous number. Why? Because they're all shopping the, how much can I make? One, two million dollars. And during that time, there I know there, there is no quid pro quo during that time. They get a bucket of money and then they find out what the endorsement is. That's how it's going down now. Unlike Darren Heitner, I've talked to 10 or 15 coaches. I know what's going on and how it's happening. He might know from the NIL side. I know from the college football side. And this is turning into a complete disaster. It is not name, image, and likeness. It is a free market. Call it what it is. Your time is up, Darren. Minute and a half, Darren Heitner. And then we'll move on to question four. Go ahead, Darren I'm pretty sure that I've talked to more athletic departments and athletic directors in the Not past okay. month than you have in your life, Darren Rodell. But, but putting that aside, I mean, you're, you're, you're infatuated with the transfer window. And you can have as much beef as you want with the transfer window. It's obviously a new concept, and it just so happens to coincide 
with the start of NIL, but you're really having an issue with combining the two. NIL, while it may be true for a select number of individuals, having a, a real influence on those players deciding to put their names into the transfer window and perhaps even transfer, by and large, and with many athletes that I speak with, with many athletic departments that I speak with, NIL has little to no role in a player deciding to put his name in the transfer window and ultimately transfer. Well, it's about playing opportunities first and foremost, and then also just look at the numbers. You and I can speculate here, right? But just look at the individuals by and large who are actually entering their names into the transfer window. How many of those players saw their coaches leave? Quite a few. And that goes back to what I said earlier. There's absolutely no trust in the situation because coaches for decades, continuing to this day, will leave a school because of another opportunity, oftentimes because there's a bigger bag of money waiting for them. So what's the big problem if we allow a coach to do that? Why shouldn't we allow an athlete to do this? That's a free market. And that's not fine. It's a free market. I've never debated that with you. I've never debated the fact that it should be a free market with quid pro quo. Fine. Have a restriction on no inducements. But yes, call it a free market because that's the beautiful country that we live in, where every individual, whether they're a college athlete or not, can actually earn money based on the value perceived by another individual. Okay, Darren Ravel, Darren Heidner, we're moving on to question four. And a reminder that all questions will be scored and we will uh, have some deliberation for like a minute or two and then we'll figure out who we want. Okay, question one, two, and three are in the books. Question four, you guys keep saying this term free market. There was a back and forth that you guys had fairly recently when Charlie Batch, the former uh, quarterback for the Detroit Lions, uh, played his college ball at Eastern Michigan, has some crazy tweet towards Caleb Williams. Hey, we'll pay you a million dollars if you come play at Eastern Michigan. So we have this question of where is the line at tampering? What is the line of inducement? And if this truly is what we were calling a free market, why is Charlie Batch not allowed to pay someone a million dollars? Why is someone not allowed to do someone with $5 million to go to the school of their choice? That seems to be the pure legal definition of a free market. Then any type of you know, money can be paid to get someone to come. Two more examples, and I'm going to give you the floor. Darren Heitner, I believe you are up. We had a scenario with, I mean, I think people can figure it out, right? We had certain players, be it DJ over at Clemson, Oklahoma even, where the starting quarterback at the end of the year, Spencer Rattler, had all these local deals that were done in Oklahoma. And then you guys transferred over to South Carolina. So there's a couple of Oklahoma businesses that are left holding the bag with the player that was no longer starting and now has transferred. So the, the way the NCAA rules work out now, you are not allowed to condition pay based on performance, but maybe you should, right? That's what a free market would necessarily entail, but we don't have that. So the question really, um, Darren Heitner, to you, should we have a true free market? Should we allow these contingencies? Should we allow incentives? This is you, Darren, state your case kind of as the commissioner of college sports. Should we be doing more for college athletes? Well, yes, I think so. And I do think it won't be long from now until we see a challenge even to the very basic set of prohibitions that have been put in place by the NCAA. You mentioned Charlie Batch, et cetera. I mean, Charlie Batch's tweet, for any of you who haven't seen it, I believe it's still up. Uh, He made an offer of, I I believe, a million dollars for the starting quarterback, Caleb Williams at Oklahoma, to leave Uh, once he put his name in the transfer window and go to Charlie Batch's alma mater. Now, that is clearly a violation of the NCAA's rules. It's basic rules because that would be an inducement um, that it would be it would be conditioned on uh, Caleb Williams enrollment at the school. Now, there's certainly a good question as to what are the consequences? Would the NCAA even do anything about it at this point in time after Alston? And will there be a challenge to these specific prohibitions and these restrictions after the Alston Supreme Court case? Personally, from a normative perspective, I don't think that there should be any of these restrictions in place. I am a firm believer of a free market economy, and that's true whether it's college sports, the pros, et cetera. Now, I do understand there are not the same types of restrictions with regard to movement that there are in college sports as there are in, let's say, the NFL, where a player gets drafted by the team and the team has the player's rights, et cetera. Um, And so I also then understand the reason why the NCAA would want to have these specific, very basic prohibitions in place. But again, I don't believe that we're going to be sitting here very long before there is even a challenge 
to those restrictions. And me personally, I don't think that there's a justification for them. Um, I also will tell you, I think that we're not far as far as I once thought that we were from going beyond NIL and beyond a free market to actually having the athletes compensated by these schools uh, for the labor that they're providing. Uh, I think that you may find a conference in the near future that decides to at least give that some real thought, and that could be a sea of change for the NCAA at large. Darren Ravel, and I want you to focus in particular, too, on, on uh, maybe we're not being fair to businesses, right? Maybe the Spencer Rattler deals no. should be voided. Dan, it doesn't matter. They're not looking for any return on investment. That's why you haven't had them scream from the rooftops. It doesn't matter. It's not about the deal. Miles Brennan, who was the quarterback at LSU, he got hurt. He never played a game. He had five deals. His local businesses and all the articles never really said anything about disappointment. Why? Because while there might be a quid pro quo in the paper, it doesn't matter. They know what they're doing. They're keeping him at the school. It's a free market. It has nothing to do with ROI. Spencer Radler, all these deals, all these deals, almost all of them universally worked out bad. Derek King, the face of NIL, came out in the first eight hours, and he was like, I have all these deals. Three three uh, games in, he's out, he's done for the season. Sam Howell has a bad year. Sam Ratner is, uh, uh, is not playing. Sam Rattler's not playing. All these guys, doesn't work out. The Charlie Batch thing is hilarious because had he not tweeted that, the same thing would have gone down. Eastern Michigan alums, he even mentioned the company. You can look at the board. They were getting together a million dollars and they could have quietly offered it to Caleb Williams. And as long as that tweet doesn't come out, Darren Heitner has no problem with it. But this is exactly what is happening. So again, like, let's call it free market. Let's not call it name, image, and likeness. Because these businesses, they don't care. They're boosters who happen to have a business and they're using NIL as the fraud to get someone to stay there, play there, or get them there. 30 seconds, Darren. I don't need 30 seconds. Okay. Well, Darren. your time. Yeah, your time's up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, I mean, it, it's completely ludicrous for, for Darren Robell to make such a blanket statement saying that all the companies that are doing NIL deals are not doing it for any return on investment. I mean, I'll just give you one example of a law firm, Morgan Morgan. You see what they've done with athletes putting up billboards across the country uh, saying size matters. And you have athletes at Kentucky, at Georgia, et cetera, on those billboards. And they're Morgan Morgan's paying those athletes in exchange. And they've gotten more lawsuits. They've gotten more clients. They get exposure. That's that's the name of the game. I mean, I've done work with Gatorade, Foot Locker, et cetera. You should see the amount of diligence that goes into these deals. They actually negotiate the terms on these deals, which obviously you don't have an appreciation for because you're just writing at Action Network. But when you're behind the scenes and doing these deals, you have an appreciation that a lot of these brands actually care about a return on investment, especially the national brands. Sure, there's going to be boosters that are pumping money to athletes because yes, they want those athletes to be happy and stay at those universities. But I go back to what I said before, so what? We've seen those same boosters give money to the athletic institutions. We've seen them give it to the athletic departments, to the universities. Why do you feel better as an individual with the money going to those institutions that largely do not need it to build these fancy facilities, to pay these tens of millions of dollars to college coaches, and you have such an issue if the pancake factory gives $50,000 to an offensive lineman at Texas, who, by the way, probably needs that damn money a lot more than the head coach. Darren Ravel, rebuttal. So, so we, so we should be a, you know, a charity now. Listen, you keep saying over and over again that I have a problem with this free market. I don't. I love college football. I love college basketball. I deeply care for these sports. And by not calling it what it is, it, it changes the game. We already have the advantages. I'm fine with the advantages. I'm fine with the organizations that have more boosters, the athletic programs that have more dollars. I'm fine with the students getting paid. But there is damage to be done when you call something something, you have these rules, and then it is everything but that. And that is my problem. That is my problem. What's the damage? 
the 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 dam the damage is great. The damage is that you're. Having, what is it? The, the damage is we have these. We have the in this season. The one who could cheat the best is going to win. Now, now it's out in front. The best cheaters who can lie under name, image, and likeness to give the most money to Caleb Williams, who now all of a sudden's looking at Wisconsin. Okay, you know, and it, and and it ain't just uh, uh, cattle and cheese they're giving him. Uh, it's the biggest cheaters win. And maybe that's always been the case, but now it's right in front of our eyes and we can do something about it. We can say, you know what? Now it's time for free market. This has little to do with name, image, and likeness. This is free market. It's a free for all. Everyone wheel in the wheelbarrows of money and let's go. Let's do it all together. Let's call it what it is. I'll place to bet with you right now. Wherever Caleb Williams goes, that team does not win the national championship. You're putting a lot of emphasis on that, and, but and, I don't. And that, and that would mean that you know what? He won't care. He'll get three or four million dollars. He doesn't care if he now. Now these guys will go to the. I know one guy uh, who told me he went to a place for the for the bigger money. So that's going to happen. Great the for national him. championship has nothing to do with it. He he could go again. You're going to see guys going to Jackson State. They'll transfer out of nowhere to, to these small, and that will just prove it's all about the money and let's do it. Let's just, again, free market. And I'm happy as hell for those players. Darren, what Darren, is there, not name image and fraudness. We are ready to move to the final question five. And as, as you answer this question, be mindful, you have closing arguments afterwards. So we're not quite done, but go ahead. You know, you know there's a, all the states are taking different approaches. There's a hodgepodge of different state laws. There's lack of, you know, conformity. You know, you see the same thing develop in the world of legal sports betting. There's always the question, should there be federal oversight? That's been successfully, I think, uh, pushed to the side because, you know, gambling is typically regulated at the state level. There's not a lot of demand for state, a federal regulation of, of, of gambling. But with name, image, and likeness, it strikes at the heart of, you know, competitive integrity, uh, interstate commerce. You have questions arising as to whether these deals actually are represent fair market value, different definitions, what's allowable in one state is not allowable in another state. And it creates an imbalance that could, you know, induce players to, you know, chase deals in other states that have more relaxed state level NIL rules. So do we need a federal system or a federal approach to create uniformity across the NIL spectrum? Whoever wants to take that first jump in. I'll take it. Um, it's an excellent question, Daniel. And, um, you know, I, I think you make a really good point about gambling. And I actually don't think that rights of publicity, when we talk about name, image, and likeness, is all that far away from gambling. You know, gambling typically left up to the states. Uh, same is true for rights of publicity, as I mentioned earlier, which is where roughly half the states in the country have codified an individual's right to publicity through statute, and the other half of the states have recognized it through the precedent that's been established through the court system. I think what's really interesting about this whole debate as to whether or not there should be a federal law for rights of publicity, name, image, and likeness is there's not currently a national law for everyone outside of college athletes. So it's, it's sort of odd that, the, that Congress would come in and create a specific right of publicity just for college athletes and ignore the rest of the population, leaving that to the states. My personal opinion is lesser restriction, the better. And I know that doesn't surprise Darren Rovell. What Florida, Alabama, California, et cetera, did very importantly was push the envelope and get the NCA to make a change. In the midst of that, you saw the Alston, the NCA Supreme Court decision, which has now tied the hands of the NCAA. So from my perspective, I believe states like Alabama, whose legislature just passed a bill with only one vote of no to remove- it's NIL law. I think other states should follow in Alabama's footsteps because if all the states now repeal their laws, we are left with uniformity with the NCA controlling with its very basic prohibitions. One issue that we have with Congress getting involved is obviously there's going to be lobbying, perhaps the NCA having a big influence, and then also who at the national level is actually going to regulate it. Is it going to be the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission? They haven't done anything in 20 years of trying to regulate the athlete agent industry. So I do not trust that Congress, the legislature, any part of the federal government should intervene in this specific area. Your time is up. 
Okay, Darren. So there's, there's a couple problems here. One, the NCAA, whose greatest um, job, other than the 88 championships, uh, the, the tremendous job they do, and uh, the only job they had was enforcement. And now, although uh, it was said that Mark Emmert said that there's going to be, I guess they're looking into some violations regarding NIL. Wow, who knew? Uh, I don't trust the NCAA to do anything uh, after Alston. I do worry about the states because what is the motivation, even if there is a law in the states, for the states to enforce it? You think the uh, grads of Texas and Texas A&M and those that make up the state Senate, the state legislature, want to enforce these things that will hurt their schools against schools in other states? No. So I, I have no faith that there's going to be a national law. I have no faith in the NCAA. And I think the NCAA is now nothing. Now that they do not have uh, really, they're not caring about this. It is now a free for all. We have to get rid of the NCAA. That's it. And we have to just, I, I advocate the free market that Darren Heitner uh, wants. I, 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 let's advocate it. But I say, let's do it, guys. Let's take away the NCAA. Let's say you guys you know, spend as much money as you want, you boosters. This is professional ball right under the, the NFL. And and let's do it. Uh, because I don't see a path where the states are going to restrict, where Congress is going to do anything. Certainly not the FTC is going to do anything. Uh, and so I, I just don't see a path right now to enforcement and self-regulation sure, certainly is not going to happen either. I think we're I think we're far down, and and this this uh, this train is is long out of the barn. But I do think, and I've said this the entire night, I do think it's important to declare and say, okay, guys, now it's free market. Let's not these these Ten booster, seconds. these booster organizations that are surreptitiously organizing together to have one of the boosters fraudulently put their organization, their company on and organize it under the athletes and organizing all these values and how we keep the athletes. The whole thing is completely disingenuous. I'm not asking to take money away from athletes, pay them, but you have to talk about what you're doing. You can't say it's one thing and do something else. If it's a free market, it has to be a free market. Let's call it as it is. Your time's up, Darren Heitner. Well, I mean, it is somewhat comical, the, the status quo as we sit here today, because as Rovell mentions, I mean, we do have you know, many states still with NIL laws in place. But if you look at the laws, show me where the enforcement mechanism is. Like, who's the body that's actually going to enforce it? And will they ever enforce it? Of course not. Um, and then you have the NCAA, as who I mentioned before, their hands are tied based on Alston. So while there have been reports of investigations in certain schools, they're actually not even investigations. They're more very informal inquiries. They're just begging for information. Um, no school is actually at risk of any penalties at this current time. Um, so, and if you look, you talk about boosters, Rovell, I mean, you look at the NCAA's three-page Q&A that it put out, which is really its guidelines for its interim policy. And it outright says boosters can provide money consideration to athletes as long as it's in accordance with state laws and school policies. So going back to the original question, what's the best case scenario in my mind? Leave it up to the NCA, which probably will fumble at some point in time. And as Robel says, will be eradicated. Let's pray. And then you leave the rest up to the individual school policies. Leave it up to the schools. Let them enforce it themselves. And by the way, one thing that's sort of been overshadowed is this whole disclosure concept. The NCA does not require disclosure of these deals to the universities. It's left up to the individual schools to create their own policies. And it, all of them pretty much have. But I have a big problem with disclosure, too. In what other industry do you have to actually disclose these things? Uh, Darren Ravel, you have a rebuttal uh, if you want it. Yeah, I, I, I would say that there have, have been uh, some unfortunate things that have happened here. Uh, I think, listen, uh, I understand the Alston case and what it did, and it was just so close to that June 30th, July 1st start of NIL. Uh, but, but the NCAA totally then staying away from this 
Originally, they were thinking about having a third party doing this. There was a couple uh, businesses that were organizing with big names. And I actually liked the idea of what is fair market value? I thought that would rein something in. And I know Darren says, well, how would you know? Well, we have an idea of what fair market value is for deliverables. Sports marketing has been going on uh, mm -hmm. in modern days for 30 years. We know what a deliverable is in a college market. It is easily calculable. So the fact that there is no standard for deliverable, that there is no enforcement by the NCA, that there's no enforcement by the states, it means that college football, uh, and, and all the constituents have to say, this is what it is. We are going to completely free market. We are not going to masquerade with these deals that mean nothing, uh, that, 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 okay, there's parts of contracts, but really no one expects return on it. Uh, it is a booster donation. Again, I said this all night, no problem with payer, players being paid. Problem is we need to say what system we're operating under. And so then no one's cheating. It's all fair. Pay players as much as you want. That's what you do. But don't do it under this NIL guys. Your time is well, up. Well, well, how, about the, how about the fact that Oliver Luck, who yes. was a favorite. Who was, was at the NCAA and he thought he was going to run that, that. He uh, thought he was going to run it. And now he's running West Virginia's collective. Right, right. Okay. Darren and Darren, we have reached the final phase of the debate. We want to thank everyone that's joined us so far. Um, so you, you guys have touched on it briefly, okay? And part of this panel, in addition to talking about the previous months, is looking forward. You could, guys could take this in any way that you want. Darren Hagner, you're going to be first because you passed on the first question. So two minutes on the clock. The future of college sports economics, what it holds, good or bad. Take this in any direction you want. These are also your closing arguments. So whatever uh, you want to expand on that you did not hit on earlier. Well, first of all, I'll say one thing Rovell and I can agree upon is athletic brewing beer is fantastic. That's number <laughs> one. Um, so hashtag investors for FTC. Hashtag investors got to disclose. Okay. So, so going back to the very first question tonight, which is, is NIL working? Does it benefit college sports? And the answer is absolutely yes. You know, going back to 2019, when I was asked to be part of this effort, to help create a bill in the state of Florida and promote it. Um, you know, one, the very first thing that we asked ourselves is, is this something that we believe is a true right that athletes should have and that should have never been taken away from them? And it was a resounding yes. We looked at what California was doing. We asked ourselves, should we wait until 2023 to provide these rights to athletes? And we said, absolutely not. In fact, when we first looked at it, we thought July 1, 2020 should be the effective date. It ultimately got pushed back to July 1, 2021. Most of the naysayers said this would create chaos. This would create anarchy. This would create strife in the locker rooms. It just would be the end of college sports as we know it. <clears throat> Lo and behold, here we are roughly seven months later, and it has done none of that whatsoever. In fact, I would argue it has made college sports even more exciting, more interesting for all of us to follow, and has actually caused a lot of debates like tonight, which does bring a lot of attention to college sports, even when specific sports aren't being played. So I would venture to say we've learned a lot more about athletes because of NIL. We've learned about their stories. We've helped many athletes who come from very depressing socioeconomic backgrounds and given them more than the minimum scholarships, more than the minimum cost of attendance, while others, every single other individual in college sports has been benefited, has been benefiting over decades. Finally, we've just started to give athletes a seat at the table. We've started to give them this one opportunity to earn money, not with any influence of the university, but on their own to negotiate these deals with third parties. And ultimately, we will probably get to the point where they are sharing in revenue. It is not disrupting college sports. If you listen to what Darren Rovell is saying, he's saying he has no problem with a free market. He has no problem, but we just need to call it what it is. Your time he's, is the up, one, he's the one who's caught up on that. The athletes are benefiting. Everybody is winning in this. Rovell is just sour grapes. Sour grapes, Darren Rovell, you're up. So if it's about me, let me talk about my skin. 
I'm a graduate of Northwestern University. I am a proud uh, booster and fan of the Northwestern Wildcats. Let me tell you, you might be, you know, at the University of Florida chomping away, but let me just tell you what goes on. Maybe there's not inducements to come into our school. Yes, there are requirements, but in the transfer portal, for example, our coach Pat Fitzgerald does an incredible job of developing people who get two stars, get three stars and become five stars and all Americans. And then what happens is in the transfer portal, what happens? Well, then there's inducement. There's, oh, we'll give you, now that you're a five-star, now we'll take you away. There is a major loss with what is happening right here. And I think it's completely disingenuous to say this has been a success. Yes, it has been a success in the athletes' wallets. But what Darren Heitner doesn't tell you is behind the scenes, what is going on is a disaster in terms of all these organizations organizing these massive, massive amounts of money and trying to come up with fraudulent ways to pay these athletes under NIL. I, I've said all night, and I knew I would lose this argument if I said otherwise, I am for the payment of college players, but to not acknowledge that by not calling it a free market, that there is damage to the game is completely disingenuous. There has been a lot of damage. It's just happened behind the scenes and you haven't heard the people who are damaged and the system that is being damaged talk up. But I can tell you, if we're going to go free market, I advocate we go free market as soon as possible. It will allow everyone to, maybe they're, maybe they're not on the same page because they have different amount of booster money. They have a different amount of tradition. They have a different amount of money and revenues in their athletic program but everyone will be on the same page on one thing. And that one thing is, what are we doing here? What is the definition? If the NCAA is gonna do nothing and they're doing nothing, let us all agree for the sake of our sports, what are we doing here? That will conclude closing arguments. I'm being told by our judges that they are calculating the scores as we speak. <laughs> calculating them. I'm getting the Google Docs where they're being up uploaded in front of me. Um, I think I have Venmo accounts. We have yeah, not because you think it's fair to pay them. You we have, have not to the judges' Venmo accounts. That would be unethical and impermissible. Heiner <laughs> doesn't know the line. <laughs> Dan, what are your final thoughts as I'm filibustering while the scores are calculated? Well, I mean, there are so many areas that we didn't even touch upon. I, I'm I'm really focusing on on other areas too. What do the mid majors do? How do schools that are in the lower rung of collegiate sports, particularly in college basketball, how do they keep up? You're talking about making this a survival of, of, of super schools. And why do these mid-majors even bother to compete? And they'll, they'll have Mike's car towing give someone $13 million. And the, only, and, the, and, the, and the only condition is for the athlete to once ride shotgun while they tow one car. That's how they'll do it. Well, Hofstra doesn't have those kinds of boosters. No one at Hofstra or schools that, you know, might occasionally qualify for the NCAA tournament, they're not going to be able to compete in this environment or even, even be respectable within this environment. They, they will lose, they will lose players to schools higher up on the rung. But they always do. I mean, that's no, that's no different than two years ago. The difference will be in the transfer portal though. I'm telling you the difference will be in the transfer portal. Not really for college basketball. If they're talented enough, they'll go pro. Okay, that that's true, but the difference in 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 college football will be the transfer portal where you see guys at lower at the lower rung who turn out to be unbelievable, who was a one star, who turned into be you know what Cooper Cup has become in the NFL, and then those guys will enter the transfer portal and they will be gone. There will be no chance they will come back. But I think that happens because of the transfer window, irrespective of whether NIL is in place. It's uh, it's it's more. I think it's more exacerbated now. No chance. Okay, so I have the scores from the first five rounds. The scores are still being calculated with your closings. So this might be controversial enough. We added a fourth judge. We have a, a fourth uh, contributor of Conic Detrimental. Maybe that will help to have a fourth judge. Um, so the scores were done in the boxing format. 10-9, 10-8, 10-7 if it was a complete blowout or if they're uh, some type of knockdown or something. Can you reference what each round was referring to? Yes, okay. yes. So I have the scores. Were, any, were there any point deductions for low blows? I, I caught a few there, in the debate. 
There is a round with a score that is very low. So I, I we can get an explanation later, but someone got might have got a point deduction because the score doesn't make sense otherwise. Round one, the first question asked was the first six months of the NIR, how's it going? Is it going well? Is it going poorly? That round was scored by our, our panel of four judges, all contributors to connectdetrimental.com. Darren Ravel, 39. Darren Heitner, 37.5. So round one was scored for Darren Ravel. Round two was if you were a conference commissioner, the czar of college sports, what would you do to what procedural safeguards would you put in place? Third-party administrators, should the NCA be taking a larger role? That round was scored Darren Ravel, 39, Darren Heitner, 38. Round three was I'm waiting, the score for, this horrible, I'm, I'm waiting for this horrible round. <laughs> I, I am too. I am too. This, these scores are popping up. In boxing, they usually set it up. So uh, to kind of score it so that they ladies and gentlemen, this is Jimmy Jr. with the yeah. round three was the question about school pools. That was the Texas deal, the Gator Collective, the question about to Texas pancake home. That round was scored Darren Ravel 39, Darren Heitner 37. Okay, so right now if we're doing the scores, Darren Ravel has a two and a half, a four and a half point lead as we enter round four. Heitner needs a knockout. Heitner needs a knockout. Round four was the question about the free market. Question of whether or not it is a free market, whether or not more needs to be done. Darren Ravel was scored in that round a 32. Darren Heitner was scored a 40. What? <laughs> Unclear what happened in this round, if there was a low blow, but uh, Darren Heitner has taken the lead by, I believe, three and a half points. Wait a second. Are we, we, we're tabulating total points or rounds here? Total points. Okay. Total points. Yeah. Total, total points. points. It's boxing rules. Before I keep announcing this, we got one and a half. Now, Darren Ravel is up two and a half. Darren was up four and a half. And then Darren Heitner run the last round, but he's up by eight. So it's three and a half points as we head into round five. Sounds like the knockout. Three and a half points. Darren Heitner has the lead as we head to round five. Michael. Round five. The question was, oh, federal bill. Darren Ravel was given a 38. Darren Heitner was given a 40. So that gives Darren Heitner a five and a half point lead as we head into the closing arguments. In the closing arguments, Darren Heitner received the edge. The winner and champion of the first ever NIL debate, Darren Heitner, Esquire. Congrats, buddy. Thanks, Ravel. It, it was a good fight. Good fight, good night, I, I, I think I want to call a rematch. We're, we're going to find out what happened in that round four. Darren Ravel, you might have said something inappropriate because you scored a 32. That was the lowest round by far. I'm not sure what you did below the belt there, but uh, the judges were not happy with that. Are we sure it wasn't a fat finger error? Uh, <laughs> I'm not hearing any any fat fingerness. Um, gentlemen, you guys both did excellent. You guys are both winners. And the real winners are the college athletes because they're getting paid. How about that? Guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this, stay tuned for Conduct Detrimental, the intersection of sports and law, conductdetrimental.com. All the fun stuff. Darren Heitner, we promised. Darren Heitner has a book, How to Play the Game, is what I use for my law students at New York Law School and my sports law students. And Darren Avell, anything and everything betting at the Action Sports Network. Guys, anything else to plug before we get out of here? No, I just want to thank you guys for putting this together and getting so many people on board. This was a lot of fun. And thanks, Robert, for being I'm, good. I'm, 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 a, I'm a proponent of dialogue and debate uh, and, and impassioned debate. And I think that's how we really get somewhere. So I think tonight was, well, there was a step in any direction. I think it, it, was, it was good to, to, to talk it out. And I think it, that always helps and pushes the dialogue forward. I'm going to tell you guys both and our, our remaining people that are here. We had people on the agency level that were turned into this. We had people at the professional team sports level that tuned into this, as well as administrators at the college sports level, people that reached out and wanted to watch this. So listen, if the NCAA is not going to take an active role in this, uh, lawyers, sports business people, the MBAs, we all got to uh, play a hand and try to push us in the right direction. So I think a very productive conversation, regardless of who won and who lost. If you guys want to run this back, do some crypto, do some NFT. I think you guys are <laughs> I think I'm tired from crypto. I'll take a little break on that. Um, and, and, and this was this was a perfect debut to what I think will be a, a somewhat regular format. I, I love the idea of a two-person debate. You know, we've been, been doing panels. And there's not many people more angry at each other on social than me and Darren. So I'm not I'm not sure how regular. <laughs> <laughs> 
the final tally is the judges are confirming Darren Heitner, 202.5, Darren Ravel, 196. And the comment on round four, this anonymous person in the Google Doc is writing this to me. Heitner scored with me for pointing out the businesses that are looking for ROI. I thought that was the best and most cogent point made the entire debate. Um, so that, that it seemed to be it. You got a knockout blow in round four on the ROI, Darren Heitner. So that seemed to be the difference maker here. Eight points. Thank you all. This is so, great. Um, I think we can put this in the books. Thanks everyone for tuning in uh, and we'll see you next time on another debate. Conic Detrimental. Thanks everyone. <laughs> <laughs>